you know, we mentioned that hazy beers, that used to be a fault. And I've been doing a piece on barrel aging and the attempts, the, the efforts that people went to 100 years ago to get rid of the oaky flavours of the um, barrels. It's crazy. And now that's something that you want in a bit. I think that that changes so often that if you tie your likes, your personality, your identity to a style of beer and you say that's the only thing you like, that's the only thing you drink, then you're limiting not only yourself, um, but you're also saying that those things are unchanging and that's just not true. Yeah, exactly. It's it's beer. Just just drink it. <laughs> drink it and enjoy it. <laughs> Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Cryer Malt. With over 25 years in the field, Cryer Malt are dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner and they are proud sponsors of this. And this, I'm glad you asked, is Brews News Week, our regular wrap-up of all that has made news in beer this week. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum, and joining me to take a good hard look at the news, the views and the issues are the founder and editor of Australian Brews News, Matt Revenues are up, Kierkegaard, and ace reporter Claire Losses having Increased Burnett. Okay, guys. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm, I'm, I, I can see now you're alluding to brew because I was going to say, I'd, I'd, I'd hate for you to be uh, suggesting that you know brews news revenues are up and that we're uh, you know. Oh no, it was completely non-specific. Just a uh, you know, I just yeah, you know, I just randomly picked something out of the news. Uh, it could be something that um, perhaps dropped in the news box uh, at five minutes to five on Friday, um, rather than you know when everyone else announces their good news. No, it was in um, it was in the morning. Did they? they I know. Them? Shocker! Shocker! Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, everyone's ticked off their bingo cards already, but we will get to that uh, later. In Did the actually news. have an actual phone call from uh, somebody in, uh, a, a loyal listener who said. I had to sit through 27 and a half minutes before you mentioned brew. So <laughs> yeah, I'm just getting that, fixing that up uh, straight away. Uh, shall we get straight into the news? Let's get into the news. Let's do it. And I'll change my script slightly. Uh, and now we cross live to the Australian Brews News Media Centre for a wrap of the stories making news in beer this week. And Matt, we begin with a story that will bring tears of joy to brewers as the government announces some uh, excise relief. Yes, uh, the budget, big big news uh, last Friday, budget to increase excise rebate to small brewers. Federal Treasurer Josh Frydenberg has today announced an increase in the beer excise tax rebate from $100,000 to $350,000. From July this year, eligible brewers and distillers will be able to claim a refund on any excise they pay up to an annual cap of $350,000. Brewers can currently claim a rebate of 60% of the excise they pay up to an annual cap of $100,000. Now, obviously, anyone that's been listening to this podcast or just following industry news, wow, since there was an industry, um, has been aware that it's been a major campaign for um, small brewers to get anything approaching parity with the wine industry. Um, which, uh, you know, through the, the, the rebate that I think came around in... 1971, I'm going to say, Matt. Uh, well, there, there was, there's been a variety of... The wet um, tax, sorry, the wet tax, I think, came some, sometime in the early 70s. And then, well, GST, um, you know, there was a, something around GST and, you know, it, it, it's one of those things, the, the wine industry has always been seen as um, supporting, it, it's, it's as much about agriculture because there is this perception that the wine industry is owned by small little, you know, um, Italian peasants. Leaseholders. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got a little acreage and I grow <laughs> yeah. three vines uh, and, we, and, yeah. and 
you know, between us all, you know, our little communa, we uh, we get together and we send them off. <laughs> yeah. Which, Not. no respect to the genuine small grape growers and winemakers um, out there, but is the biggest con that has been played on you know the the, the marketplace. Um, it's picture postcard perfect. They've, yeah. They've, They've got a very, very good marketing uh, department. Yep, and and brewers, it, it's been a long campaign to change the perception of brewing from a big industrial um, complex, um, you know, of of a you know duopoly uh, making industrial beer that is drunk for the worst reasons to have craft brewers gradually position themselves so they're seen as being an industry that's worthy of that level of support. So, um, you know. Uh, headline item awesome news um very exciting you know the culmination of a very very long lobbying um campaign by you know most recently the independent brewers association but you know there have been brewers that have been doing this i remember seeing you know god 15 years ago when i was writing for beer and brewer um a photo of uh who was it It was willie simpson um and a couple of oh, other brewers yeah. standing in front of Parliament House, you know, having met with federal parliament. So, you know, it, 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 it's not a new issue. It's a very, very long issue. It's been a long campaign, and this is the culmination of a very, very long, uh, you know, battle, um, which is very exciting, um, taking nothing away from the people, uh, you know, from, from the IBA, but it has been, you know, this long campaign does it bring the brewers are they now do they now have parity with the with the wine makers because wine used to be five hundred thousand, didn't it and it a couple of years ago it came back to 350 yeah yeah um, and then the brewers went from 60 up to 100 uh, i think it was 30 actually to 100 well, 30 000. to 100 yeah, yeah. Um, and sixty percent of a hundred thousand. Um, you know, it, it's not perfect. You've you've still got. Uh, apparently, the brewers still have to remit the money to <laughs> to, to the ATO, and then oh, yeah. you know fill out a whole lot oh, of forms to get not, it back. Know, the, the government's not making it rain. I'll uh, you know Biggie Smalls or something. You know, <laughs> and I hope I got that pop culture uh, rap music reference correct. Um, just just about fellow yeah. youngsters. <laughs> but um, yeah, fellow so. Kids. So, so you do wonder how many, um, you know, uh, FTE hours are going to be dedicated to filling out the forms required to, you know, get this back, and how much of that money is going to go to paying for the person to fill out the paperwork. But anyway, um, yeah, in totally unrelated news, uh, good news for H and R Block, <laughs> <laughs> business but, increases by one hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and and look, you know, when you when you saw the um, coverage, you, you know, look, it, oh god, oh, there, there, there's so much um, that we could probably put this in below the fold. Except it, it, this is big industry news, so we'll, we'll keep it up there. Um, when you look at the coverage, um, you know, budget leaks used to be, you know. Whispers in the halls of Parliament House that um, journalists used to talk about sources close to the Treasurer say that there is going to be X money spent on X project, um, you know, gradually teasing so budget night isn't one big um, announcement where all of the small little announcements get lost in you know, in summaries, um, you know, the, the, the budget always gradually leaks stuff out. But in terms of a leak... This is the Treasurer <laughs> sending out a media An release. Extremely official leak. Calling yeah. a press conference at a brewery 
um, and <laughs> talking all it's about it. It's not a leak. He's, 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 te- he's <laughs> tapped the first keg yeah. at Oktoberfest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. With much pomp and ceremony. But, and, and so, so yeah, so, so it shows um, the fact that it, it's been done that way. But then also the fact that this was the very first leak um, after, you know, the, 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 pre- the, the treasurer t- talked about um, only you know, days beforehand, talking about, you know, fiscal responsibilities going out the window, we're not going to be clamping down on the budget, this is going to be a jobs budget, um, and talking that up. And then, I th- you know, I think I'm right in saying the very first budget announcement um, that comes out is about craft brewing, um, says a lot about... Um, to, to me, uh, you know, a, a lot about where craft beer is seen now. You know, craft beer is news these days of itself. The government wants a little bit of the craft beer pixie dust. Um, and up until recently, Albo has been, you know, Mr. Craft Beer Politician on a, on a national stage. Um, so when you're looking at the industry cut through, the way that this was announced says a lot about you know the sparklers and candles that sit on top of the um, craft beer cake these days. That the brewer wants a little bit of that, you know, reflected glory um, from his announcement um, because it even came before a childcare announcement. Interesting. Although I do always think that when they drip feed them like this, it's obviously really strategic. And the point that you make as well, Matt, is that you know it while this won't increase the cost of beer production it'll increase the whole wholesale price of beer so yes it's nice for the industry but if the consumer actually looked into it a little bit more potentially that could cost them um but it looks it looks much nicer for them to say oh yeah we're helping out small business and craft brewers and everything like I, that. I, I don't think it'll increase the wholesale cost of beer but that's and and again i mean that that sort of steps into the note of caution that i sound so you know um when you look at the coverage it's all isn't this awesome you know it, the, the mainstream media um, has just swallowed the federal government's pitch and the industry's pitch hook, line and sinker. This is awesome support for craft brewers. Um, but, you know, as, as I reported in, in, in the story that I wrote, um, you know, quieter voices in the industry that haven't been triumphant and celebrating their win um, because, you know, Let's face it, this is a huge win for the IBA and any time that they've got to talk about the announcement, they've also got to say, hey, this is why you should join the IBA. So it's a big sales pitch for the IBA. Um, But then, you know, the irony is that it was hosted at Bent Spoke and as a number of people texted me, um, you know, when they read the announcement, isn't it ironic that Richard is the, you know, being held up as the brewer who's going to benefit from it when he's the guy that has probably been the... Um, Spoken more caution than anyone else. Yeah. Me and Brendan Varus. So, uh, yeah, the old careful what you wish for. Careful what you wish for, um, guys. And, um, yeah, so... And the other thing too, Matt, it, 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 I guess tied into that too is this, um, there's, there's often through mainstream media... Um, you know, we can expect lower beer prices at the at the tap now and, you know, and six-packs will drop <laughs> and all that. And you go, well, hang mm-hmm. on. That not that you know, some of this money may be actually to, to shore up uh, you know s- sustainability of a business, but it also may be used, as you say, to, to hire somebody who's now got to you know deal with all this paperwork. So the money may not necessarily leak through to you know the the six pack price on the shelf. Well, the, the IBA is selling it as 
this is great for breweries because they get to keep the money, they get to invest in stainless, they get to, you know, um, upgrade their website, you know, and, and employ staff. You know, that's the way that the IBA is pitching it. This is great Pay their for IBA our members. subscription if they don't have one. Uh, yeah, their IBA subscription. Um, whereas the big brewers have been calling for excise relief, saying that it's great for publicans. And, you know, this is the um, environment that, you know, these things take on a life of their own once they're announced, but when you're campaigning for it, you spin it the way that you think the government will swallow, um, and the way that the you know will be popular in the marketplace. And you know, the, the, the big brewers saying that publicans are going to benefit, or consumers are going to benefit through cheaper beer, or the publicans are going to benefit from greater margins, and the IBA saying brewers are going to benefit from. 350 grand up to 350 grand in their pocket they can't both be 100% correct and you know you you saw it from the IBA's announcement um, Peter Philip when he sort of sent out to members and people who are on their mailing list you know he sounded that note of caution saying it would be very very short term thinking to lower the keg price and get into a keg price war um, and you know you can say that but when we when we see you know keg you know well you hear brewers talking about oh you know those guys are discounting kegs or they're giving a five plus one deal or whatever even before this rebate came in brewers are competing on price um, and I remember Phil Sexton at the um, Brewcon you know four years ago um, five years ago it is his keynote talking about you've got to be really careful that you don't go for the race to the bottom but we are seeing brewers competing on price and you know if, if the IBA says that just by telling people that it's good for the industry the brewers keep this money I, I think that denies the realities of the marketplace that if if one brewer feels that they can use this money to lower their price and get a competitive advantage over other brewers then they're going to do that. And that puts a lot of pressure on other brewers to be doing it. The, the other concern that was raised is, and, and th- this is more the case that um, I, I think that uh, Richard Watkins had spoken about, is one thing that we haven't seen um, over the, the, the last 10 years is, peop- is finding it hard to attract new businesses into the industry. It is a very um, you know, glamorous, I, I think uh, Peter Philp in the Beer as a Conversation uh, this week referred to it as a sexy industry. And we have been seeing the industry growing at you know, almost a brewery a week um, opening. Um, and we haven't seen great signs of that slowing down. Um, and you know, if suddenly brewers think that you know, they can add 350 grand tax for you know tax return from the government um, into their balance sheet as they're planning their breweries um, you know it just lowers the barrier of entry for uh, you know an industry that a lot of brewers are already expressing concern about the level of competition in certain areas and you know when, when I spoke to Peter and Kylie from the IBA, you know, they sort of said, you know, this is going to be great. This means that people are going to go out to, you know, country towns and, you know, every country town can support a brewery. And, you know, theoretically they can. And that's certainly any time I'm speaking to government, that's the pitch that I give to paint the, um, you know, the need for government support in the, the best light. You know, when you're campaigning and advocating, that's what you do. But then... When you also see the IBA selling that same line to the industry, um, 
you know, there, there, there's something touching on disingenuous about that because we know that you know, just because there's this money doesn't mean that suddenly Birdsville's going to have a craft brewery. You know, the, the, the line that's used that two-thirds of breweries are in regional areas, those regional areas and those sea changes and tree changes are moving to the most desirable places. You know, I, I'm up at the Sunshine Coast this week where there are 20, 25 breweries and brewers are already feeling the pinch from competition. Um whether this money means that people are going to suddenly move out to, you know, Fargaminder or Longreach to open a brewery just because they think they can, or whether they're going to move five kilometres down the road from existing brewery in an attractive location, that's the issue. And, you know, if, if I was a brewer, that would be my concern about, you know, what sort of competition this is going to uh, to, to bring in. Um, so anyway, yeah, so, so that was, there, there, there's a lot to look at. As we know, with the law of unintended consequences, we're not going, no one can actually predict what exactly is going to happen, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next uh, year or two. Yeah. Now, who's talking about brew? Ah, oh, lovely brew. We love to bring on the podcast <laughs> regularly. Uh, losses have continued, um, as we probably expected, but revenues are actually up. At Brew. Um, Is that a surprise? Oh, sorry, you, you, you read this story and then we'll discuss it. Yeah, how about listeners, that? listeners, own up. If any of you out there are drinking brew, let us know. <laughs> yeah, I, if I, you don't, can I don't find it in your local bottle shop. That <laughs> That's why it's a surprise. Um, so, in the three months to March 2021, uh, Brew made just over half a million in receipts from customers. So, that was up from, so not quite doubled, but up from 269,000 on the previous quarter. Um, however, because of manufacturing loads of other costs, um, they still had a 1.2 million loss for the quarter. At the same time, uh, Kent, Kent Grogan, CEO, uh, was paid $183,000, which included a payment of 84000 for accrued balances from previous period of non-payment. Um, interesting, interesting stuff on that. but Which he hasn't paid himself because they haven't had the money in the bank to pay himself. <laughs> And you know well, they've renegotiated finance. They're factoring their um, purchases. You know, so which means that they their beer is. Did already... you want to take this one, Matt? Oh, no, <laughs> don't get me sorry. I'll, yeah, you go, Claire. So no, no, I, you're, I won't, you're I... absolutely right. Though you're absolutely right. They've um, they've also said that they prepaid um, eight hundred and fifty five thousand for a production order. So this is their second CUB order um, that they want this next quarter, um, but. Obviously, no, they haven't got any cash on hand. I think they might have about 100,000. So they've had to draw down on a a massive series of loans, presumably to pay for that purchase. But they've still got got half a million dollars worth of stock that they haven't sold from their previous order. What are they doing? Well, they've got it. You'd presume that the contract that they've signed with CUB that they've uh, trumpeted, uh, again, um, allegedly guessing whatever um, you, uh-huh. you need to sort of quote it, but they talked about you know a quarterly um, production contract of X, I think two hundred forty-eight thousand liters a quarter. Um, uh-huh. You'd imagine that CUB wouldn't do it on an ad hoc basis. They would have nailed them down to guaranteed quarterly um, orders. Otherwise, it's not worth their while to do it. So Brew hasn't sold through the first quarter. They've primed the pump with their vaunted ALM, which is a, a crock of shit. It, it, the, the ALM deal <laughs> is just a distribution deal that they could only get with ALM by guaranteeing to be exclusive. 
um, and even priming that pump and filling the warehouses. Kent's been out doing a road show. Um, mm-hmm. You know, beer has been the the first order um, has been placed in in all of the stores, um, and they still haven't covered their quarterly. Um, admin costs from sales he's got half a million dollars of stock has spent eight hundred thousand dollars um wholesale um you know or or their their contract cost this quarter um and they're touting that revenues are going to go up now that's only going to happen if the if if there is pull through in the retail um and secondly if they're factoring that they're already dumping the price at a ridiculous. They're selling it cheaper than Great Northern, which comes out of the same factory. Um, they're paying contract prices, which you'd imagine CUB are still, you know, as the owner, are still making a profit on that. Um, and then they're factoring it, which discounts the payments that they're getting on a discounted product. You know, and the, as a number of people who work in the markets have said. The fact that they're that Kent's paying himself is a sign, you know, when when the owner starts pulling money, you know, he's owed out of the business. <laughs> that's a sign of lack of confidence um, that he, uh, you know, it may not be be around. Um, but then that drives me crazy because to any normal human being who thought that, you know, maybe this isn't going well you wouldn't be putting your head above the parapet and going to trade shows and showing your face out there. And like for this quarter, they never do this. So the two years that I've been at Bruce News, they've never done like a full fancy investor presentation. Gage Rhodes does it every quarter, do a nice PowerPoint, all that kind of stuff, (laughs) shiny it up. And now they've decided to suddenly do it. It's so strange. No, no. It's really odd. They they do that, but this is the hallmark of somebody who is – rolling something brown in glitter and trying to sell it um, <laughs> because they have done it. Um, they have done it in the past. They did it with their China deal. They've done it um, when they did, you know, that glossy presentation when they had their world's greenest brewery. Whenever they've had something, they're very good at, at, at announcing things, but they never follow up. You know, it, it, it is actually outrageous that um, ASIC and the ASX do not look into this company because – you know, they're meant to be investors sit here going, well, there are these government bodies that should be investigating and looking and keeping an eye on it because the markets are all about confidence. And when you've got these small caps that fly under the radar and are just too small to actually investigate and the the, the police don't have the resources to look at them, this company, and I'd, 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 we can probably put a link in the show notes that, over my Christmas holidays, I went through the last four years of announcements and summarised them in a long thread because Brew has this history of over-announcing and then never reporting, you know, and then they've still mentioned it in the next quarter and then it's suddenly forgotten about and they don't follow up, they don't ever talk about the discontinuance and ASIC never calls them on it, um, you know. So, yeah, so the fact that they've done a present, you know, they've got this little sugar hit of a sales bump it is purely about filling the pipe with um, beer sales that only means anything at the end of the next quarter if anyone reorders. And if they're reordering, they're still going to be buying last year's stock um, because of the volumes that he's selling. So anyway, enough on brew. 
<laughs> well, I mean, all the uh, comments on the Facebook group, very much along those same lines. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. to be more, I put a few there, but. I, I, I did like Brendan enough. Parnell uh, from uh, Hobart Brewing Co. Uh, to summarise, <laughs> last quarter they turned over 500k, paid the CEO 183k. Careful, Claire, because with that, with that sort of tight, concise journalism. I know. I know. Right, you can if, have if my Brendan job. Wants can, to I, <laughs> can I also say, Claire, well done. That was actually just a very neutral just the facts, ma'am. Reporting. What can we do? What can we? What can we? We could. We and we do lay it on thick on the podcast, but. Got to be, got to be I, as impartial as possible. But I can't keep my moral outrage out of <laughs> even when I write about it. I just can't keep my scorn and my moral outrage and you well, know my I, anger. And I did it on purpose because, like even Brendan Nick Boots wrote as well. Like the whole series of people, they didn't need me to read between the lines for them. Like it's there, it's on <laughs> yeah. the You know, I, I didn't need to even nudge anybody in a direction on that one. Um, so yeah. Well done, everyone, for being look, of the same opinion as Matt. <laughs> we say just about every week it is the brew is the, the gift that keeps on giving. But I, I can't oh, help yeah. feeling now that everyone's just kind of on the edge of their seats. It's, it's kind of like you're looking at. We're waiting. It's kind of like you're looking at uh, a 500 kilo fat bloke on the on the 10 meter diving board, <laughs> and you're just waiting for him to go because you know it's going to be worth watching. You know no good can come from it. That's it. But people have been saying that since, and, and that's what that's makes me it. angry. People yeah. have been saying this since James Atkinson was you know, <laughs> sort of covering it. Yeah, like a know. few years ago. And that's that's why I'm like, I'm not sure that that I think Nick Boots, um, the lovely Nick Boots, hi Nick, I know you're a listener, um, he says, <laughs> basically, let's, let's run a, a bet on when they're going to completely hit the fan. Um, he reckons quarter two, um, full year 2022. Um, I don't know. I think they're going to keep going. I think they might outlive us all. People all have been... well, I reckon for all of those for all of those listeners who have completed their um, Bruise News buzzword bingo card, um, we'll we'll start a new one. So we will run a book. Um, we'll get a, there'll be a bar blade in it for closest the pin. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so pick... oh, I, I, no, I think for this one it's going to be more than a bar. I mean, we're, pick a quarter, we're pick a blades. quarter, and pick a year. Send your um, send your entries in. On a thanks. stamp self-addressed envelope. <laughs> thanks to our good friends at Thirsty Merch. Um, we, uh, we are raining bar blades, uh, you know, like the proverbial storm. We can probably but, find a T-shirt, yeah. so put your T-shirt size in as well. But guess, yeah, we, so you, you've got to give us a, a quarter and a financial year. Let's face it, um, Brew are the Keith Richards um, of the, the the beer world. You know, everyone can't believe that it's gone on this long. Um, <laughs> and and, and no one will be surprised when, when he actually dies only... Keith Richards will be much more missed uh, because there's a lot more talent <laughs> and a lot more creativity and uh, legacy uh, left behind. Oh, that's true. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, now, next one. Uh, speaking of good blokes, uh, Dave McGill is set to open uh, Deep South Brewing Co. Yeah. Oh, this was lovely, actually. Um, and everyone, <laughs> I felt really bad because um, I got a text after our podcast, I think, last week. And Dave was like, I heard you talking about breweries and planning that have just dropped off your radar and that won't reply to you. And he was like, I really hope that that like it's not me, I promise. Um, <laughs> and he was and he was and I was like, Don't worry, you're not in trouble. But yeah, come on, cough up now. Let's let's hear what's happening. Um so got him on the phone. He was absolutely lovely. He's so 
well, you guys know him, he's a delight, um, great beard, but also he said he's a listener of the podcast um, and he said it really helped him feel like more connected with the industry over the last 12 months, having not been to like events like judging and things like that. Um, and he was really, he was an absolute delight. Um, so hi, Dave, I know you're listening. Um, basically, he's starting Deep South Brewing Co. in North Hobart. It sounds like a lovely little venture. They've got it in a big warehouse. They're doing all the wines. They're, um, they've set it all up beautifully from the looks of it. Um, and good on Dave. Uh, he's teamed up with a couple of his mates. I think by the time sort of the end of 2019 rolled down, rolled down he was a bit, he was getting to the end of his time at Moo. He was like, what's what's coming next? And he even said like it was the option was to to leave the industry or go into something associated, but not potentially stay on brewing. Um, so actually, we're really lucky that this um, opportunity came around and, and Dave stayed in the industry. Um, so awesome for him. But I did feel bad for him as well, because um, as we know, we've seen with Beer Farm this week, uh, development applications can be a bit tricky. And once they're out there, they're publicly available. Um, sorry, guys, that's that's how it is. You know, journalists, that's where we get some of our sources from. And apparently Dave asked for his name not to be on the development application. Um, so he had time to tell Moobrew that he was leaving. And actually, uh, it was that was his name emblazoned on the front of it. Um, so everybody <laughs> by the end of uh, 2019, after Taste of Tasmania, they all knew that it was happening. Um <laughs> So I felt really bad for him on that one. But apparently it's gone, I mean, COVID considering a few issues with delays and things like that. But he, he said he was lucky, uh, as many people were, that they that were in planning, uh, that they weren't open during COVID because then they didn't have anybody to pay. They didn't have to worry about revenue streams. You know, they knew they weren't going to get anything anyway. So looking to open uh, at the end of this month, hopefully. So that would be fantastic. Um, and I can't wait to go visit. Excellent. Okay. We'll have to plan a uh, a, a, a Bruce News road trip to NoHo. <laughs> Shall we? <laughs> NoHo. That's fantastic. Uh, growth slows at Coles Liquor and Endeavour Drinks. Indeed. Uh, this is an interesting one as well. I think it just sort of... Um, it backs up a lot of the arguments that we've been having recently with or we've seen between the anti-alcohol lobby, um, your retail drinks type people of this world as well, that, you know, we had we've seen so many studies that people are drinking more during lockdown and then have continued that. Actually, this doesn't look to be the case. It looks to be slowing, um, according to bottle shops. So obviously calls liquor owning first choice and liquor land. And the Endeavour Drinks group, so Dan Murphy's and BWS, both of them have said that they're still growing, um, but very much tempered in comparison to previous quarters. Um, and actually, Endeavour anticipates that in the next two months they're going to see a decline in sales. So not nothing to be worried about or anything like that, but um, definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, and interestingly, both of them, like Mighty Craft last week, uh, reported really strong growth in spirits and RTDs. So not to, not exactly unexpected, uh, but they really made a point to, to drive that home. So that was quite an interesting one. And we'll see how long it lasts. Yeah, I wonder how much of that is, you know, people... Uh, not going out to pubs, restaurants, bars, et cetera, uh, and drinking at home. So then I'll, I'll grab some RTDs, you know, rather than, mm-hmm. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see mm. um, yeah. as we, you know, encroach on whatever becomes the new normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, cool. Now, our last story before we jump into Below the Fold, uh, Beer Farm are expanding onto the central coast of New South Wales. They are. So actually, Pete, before 
you start telling me off. We didn't cover this one this week. So we spotted it on Monday or Tuesday. I think it had come out over the weekend in a couple of papers, the Central Coast News and the Daily Telegraph. Um, and I think Beer Farm were a bit blindsided by this. Uh, they weren't really they weren't really sharp with the with the comment and stuff. I don't think they realised that you know this would happen without them knowing about it. Usually, it's just good journalism practice to ask the person that you're writing about for comment. Apparently, this didn't happen. Um, but we sort of spoke to them, and they were like, "To be honest, we don't. We at this stage, we aren't going to say anything else. Like it's all there as is with the plans. Um, and as people will know, development applications are pretty reasonably basic. They're sort of um, blueprints and just an indication of licensing and um traffic and all that kind of reports um so it was interesting and it's obviously great news for beer farm um but i think i just wanted more information from them um and i was and they weren't willing to give it at this point i like it's an interesting one because obviously we've seen gauge roads move over here and everything as well but yeah i think we'll we'll do that one a little bit later when we've got a bit more information in there a bit more prepared and <laughs> willing to talk about it but well done to all our loyal listeners who uh, many of whom uh, alerted us to to the news through those uh, those local sources yeah it's good to see that the uh, the, the the radio bridge news um, facebook page uh, grapevine uh, working beautifully. It's very good. Doing the job. Do you, know, do you know who else is working beautifully? Rellings Label Stickers and Packaging. Now, Brad and Paul at Rellings Label Stickers and Packaging are very much looking forward to catching up with everyone at this year's AIBAs. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. heard, but Rellings has signed up to be the sponsor of Best Design uh, slash uh, Label and Surface. So um, the design, what, what used to be the packaging, I think it was just called the Packaging Award, Um and they're sponsoring the trophy at this year's awards. And they would really like to support the industry that supported them so well over the past few years. And they'll also be at BrewCon in September, which will be exciting. Um, so if you want to discuss any labels, stickers, or packaging ideas, give them a call on 1300 852 235. But don't, you know, like send them gifts or cash or in envelopes or anything like that, because they're not actually judging the uh, design. Like they're just presenting the, mm-hmm. the trophy. Hey, I do believe that the... Um, it hasn't been officially announced, but if, but it has been made official. The uh, hosts of this year's AIBA's Presentation Award Dinner. Who's that, Pete? Oh. It's uh, Kiralee Walthorn, the ah, beer diva herself. Very exciting. Who's back, yeah. And uh, and she's bringing along a, um, uh, a voiceover man who'll be uh, stuck up in the booth because he looks far less uh, enticing in a frock than she does, or several frocks. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, so I'm uh, very happy and proud and honoured to announce that um, that I'll be doing the uh, the voiceovers and all of the difficult pronunciations. Uh, now it is, oh, thank God. <laughs> funnily enough, anyone who's ever gone back and listened to the very, very first episode that we did of this, um, although the first episode that we actually published... That went to it, air. Um, <laughs> we actually talked about Curly hosting the AIBAs um, and changing frocks. Um, it was 2011. It was, and I, I good on it. So ten years ago, um, and I, I do, I, I did listen back to it and think anyone that's going to listen to that now is thinking that I was stereotyping and you know just asking curly about her frock. You wouldn't ask a bloke about a frock, and it's very very true. I wouldn't now, but curly had a thing where I think changed her frock four times over the course of the night. So anyone who goes back, please don't at me because there was a point to it. We had sense. a meeting uh, with the RESV, uh, Kiralee and myself, and uh, I can 
yeah, I'll give you the, the insider's word, but the two things that were discussed were how many breaks are there so and, and how big <laughs> is my changing room? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And she only wants green M&Ms. It That's it. Oh. So expect, expect more <laughs> of the same. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, congratulations, mate. I'm, uh, I'm very excited for you. And credit to the RASV who sort of said that they were, they were happy with the, the change in the, in the format of, of having a single presenter uh, supported by um, a voiceover uh, artist, uh, but they realised that they needed to get back to somebody who knew the people in the room, who knew the industry and who could read the room. One of the funniest things that I've ever been to in, in that same format was the Brewers Guild of New Zealand Awards probably eight or nine years ago and Paul Mercurio was hosting and he had a brilliant rapport with the announcer. So it was the same format, someone on stage, someone in the booth, but it was the funniest, uh, you know, just the, the funniest night. And, you know, Paul Mercurio is a, a very funny man as well. He is, and, and he, he's very good at uh, playing either the, the, the straight man or the fall guy. Yep. He does it very well. Uh, now, um, so, yeah, we're very happy to um, to be supporting the um, AIBAs. Um, speaking of support, support for this episode comes from Scar Fabricating. Now, Scar Fabricating builds reliable automated packaging line equipment that is handcrafted to make life easier for brewers and their production team. So if you're a brewer looking for the best way to get your product out of your tap room and into the hands of your customers, Scarfab has you covered with a wide range of depalletizers, custom conveyance, date coating, rinsing, drying systems, and a whole heap more, too many more to mention here. Scarfab specializes in helping breweries of all sizes get their beer from keg into can. Or bottle if you're still doing it old school. To find out more about how Scarfab can help you sell more beer, visit Scar Fabricating today. That's Scar S K A Fabricating.com to get started today. And that, dear listeners, is the end of um, Brews News Week. Or is it? It's not. You know it's not. But this is the end of the <laughs> bit where we just talk about the news and, and, and catch you up on the uh, on the headlines. Did it did it did it did so thanks very much Matt and thanks very much Claire. Thank you, Pete. Thanks, Pete. You got a boom in you, Claire? I'll, I'll do it at the end. Okay, we might yeah. have to bring that That's up fine. in below the fold because uh, it oh, is okay. fair to say All that right. the uh, the switchboard lit up over, <laughs> over Claire denying her boom. Uh, and apropos <laughs> of the, um, you know, be careful what you wish for uh, with the, the brewers and excise relief, um, you've started something that the the punters want. And so I think you've got to continue it. I know. But anyway, know. we'll talk about all of that and more in Below the Fold. Until then, uh, thanks very much uh, for listening to Brews Newsweek and um, we'll see you all next week. And we're out and we're back. Welcome to Below the Fold. Nice crunkle. Um, <laughs> now, we will start off with the mailbag. And the mailbag is proudly presented by New Zealand Ale Trail. Head to www.nzaletrail.com or at nzaletrail on social media to find the best beer experiences in New Zealand. Don't forget, um, you can also give us a review. You can also probably give um, New Zealand Ale Trail a review. They'd probably appreciate it. Wait, Perhaps wait until you've gone on one of their Ale Trail journeys rather than, um, you know, <laughs> assuming. Um <laughs> But you can also review us on iTunes or send us in an email to be in the draw for Letter of the Week. And you can also join our Facebook group. Just join uh, or search Radio Brews News and then use the uh, soapbox password. And you'll get a bar blade, thanks to our friends at, at Thirsty Merchants. Have we still got some left, Matt? Mate, we have got boxes of them. That's good because <laughs> I've had I've had some calls this week from, from people um, wanting to, to get a bar blade. I'll be paying the excess baggage and bringing it down to you, Pete. <laughs> Don't worry. 
Excellent. And I'll tell you, it, it certainly does. Um, it, it makes for interesting conversations at security at the airport. <laughs> I'll be checking my luggage for it. Why have you got so many of them? Why are they so heavy? <laughs> what's what's Bruce news? <laughs> Uh, so, um, yeah, do all that stuff because it doesn't cost you anything to, you know, sort of throw us a review. And I did notice that, uh, Joe, our, uh, producer, uh, did put out a call. We're up to 600. We've, we've tipped over 600, um, people in the group, mm. which is pretty cool. And we didn't want to do it, Pete. Well, no, not that we didn't want to do it. It, it is, fair, <laughs> it is fair to say that we were not as convinced as the, um, the young cool kids. <laughs> well, we're happy to. Hey, this is the thing. When you when you're a grown up and you've done adulting for quite a while, you're more than happy to say, "Yeah, no, I was I was wrong on that one. I'll um, I'll circle <laughs> back and I'll walk that back, or you know, whatever <laughs> cool stuff we're supposed to do these days." And say, uh, "Glad we glad we did it, mate." I've got cards printed with that on it, so uh, yeah, it just makes it easier. <laughs> uh, excellent. All right. Um, <laughs> so let's jump into the mailbag, proudly presented by our new friends at uh, New Zealand Ale Trail. What's in the mailbag, Claire? So actually, we're starting off with um, an article that Matt, we talked about actually briefly last week. Oh, the week, one he and teased Matt said, last week. Yeah, the good beer hunting one about the existential crisis, the self-inflicted existential crisis of craft beer. Um, and I believe we had quite a few responses, actually. And we've had an email from Gavin Spencer saying, after you mentioned the Lily Way article, so that's the good beer hunting article on the podcast i've just had a good read maybe i too have confirmation bias as i agree with a lot of what was written so eloquently i wonder how many current breweries in australia start with from the ad hoc world of home brewing compared to industry professionals starting their own brewery what other categories would you include for the background of people starting a brewery it would be interesting to compare the success of breweries versus different backgrounds also, the diversity in craft is an important issue to discuss. Pink Boots do a great job in part of this, but what we can what can we do further with all elements of diversity? I say this sincerely. However, I will admit I am a white 31-year-old male with a beard. <laughs> P.S. Disappointed. Claire didn't feel it this week. We need to support her so she appreciates the booth. It's important <laughs> to complete the show and no one else has the skill. Oh, Gavin. And he actually oh, sent that yeah. one to, because uh, I, I mentioned flog voice at bruisenews.com.au as an email address, and he actually sent yeah. that to boom at bruisenews.com.au. Did it work? Yeah. Did it work? Yeah. yeah. I thought he might have got a bounce back and had to send it to you. Oh, no. good. That's impressive. So, um, that is, that yeah. is very cool that it got through. Yeah, that's awesome. Well done. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, it, it, again, it, it's one of the reasons. It was really interesting to see the the, the feedback um, on that article. Um, it was an article that seemed to have blown up globally during the week and there was a lot of discussion about it. So, um, yeah, and, and always mindful because it ticked a lot of the things that I'd said over the last couple of years that you do think, well, it's easy to go looking for things that agree with you. Um, and so I was... Very interested in seeing what other people thought. Fair to say that there were some truths told that, that perhaps some people needed to hear. Yeah, and um, I'm trying to think, Pints and Panels, uh, M Sorter. M Sorter. Um, posted. And another thing, you know, confirmation. We should have a section called uh, Confirmation Bias um, in Below the Fold. Is that the name of the episode, perhaps? We just <laughs> confirmation times. Bias. Um, story. Yeah, no, there, there you go. So uh, Confirmation Bias. Um, because Information bias confirmed. She um, <laughs> posted a, a picture of herself sitting in a room uh, that was sprayed with red goo, um, you know, from a can of something crushy. Um, and, you know, it was celebrated by you know, beer writers and it was you know, shared and Facebook, things like that. Again, something that we've talked about on the podcast, which more than anything, the, the fact that these things are starting to 
be written about and celebrated rather than just snarky comments in the corner of um, social media that mainstream high-profile articles are being written about it and resonating um, is one of the things that you know has had me concerned for a while um, is the perception of craft beer. You know, I, I think a, God, it was about a year ago, I think, talked about craft beer driving up a, the, the, the wrong way up a you know, one-way alley and it was just going to get to the end and there was nowhere else to go. And, yeah, so it was interesting to see some of the, feed, the feedback about that. Yeah, and a, an interesting point uh, too made by um, by Gavin in his thing about, I wonder how many current breweries in Australia start from the ad hoc world of home brewing compared to industry professionals starting their own brewery and what other categories mm. would um, yeah, would you include in, in a background of people starting a brewery? That, that's that, uh, probably a, an interesting below the fold in its in and of itself. Mm. Mm. Who, who makes yeah, the definitely. best? Because I think too, I, I, I would say that it's it's not so much you can you can do anything from any any background. It's 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 really are you driven? Are you able mm-hmm. to? Um, I think what I've seen over the last our last ten years, Matt, um, particularly through through Brews News, is the ability of people to change to adapt, mm. um, and whether that's organic or whether it's forced or whatever. I, I see that as as being your most valuable asset is the ability to to say you know because. Uh, and and I'll, I'll, I'll name check a couple. Nat Reeves, um, now Kaiju, uh, who said, mate, we, we will never brew a beer under 7.5%. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and Kaiju Crush is, I'm going to say it's around 80, but it might even be 85% of, of their turnover. Yep. Um, you know, Dave Benighton put it put it beautifully once when I had a chat to him early on. He said, you know, you've, you've got hero beers, and but you've got to have um, your horsepower beer. So uh, high tail ale was our hero beer. That was the one that, because it was so different to everything else. So it made people go, oh, okay, if I want to, I, I'm going to investigate this this brand and this and this brewery because it's not just another, you know, thin, pale, yellow lager. But he said, but steam ale and then later on summer ale became the horsepower beers. They were the ones that gets, kept the till ticking to give them the ability to brew things like Hightail. Uh, Moondog is probably the same. You look at the the first five or six beers that that they bought. You know Henry's Girthsom Ford and Black Lung and all those sorts of things. But now, old mate, which I see they've just rejigged the um, the recipe for and, and relaunched, and Moondog Lager and Beer Can are basically uh, you know keeping the wind in the sails so that they can then brew those those other fun things. And I hear that their seltzer is one of their biggest sellers as well. So, you know, yeah. I, I, that's so what I So all these things, if you, you know, if you jumped in the Wayback Machine, Matt, they'd say, oh, we'll never do this. We'll never produce a seltzer. We'll never do anything but beer. We'll never do anything but big, crazy-ass, you know, 8.5% beers. And and the reality is that the market says, but I don't want that. Mm. <laughs> I, but, I want this. Mate, you I, make want a, buy your, I want to buy it from you, but I, but I want to buy – sometimes I want a lager. Sometimes I want a tropical pale ale. But and that's the thing. Like you make a really good point because you know you do need to to be flexible, and so many people have changed, as you say. But at the same, you know, I hate it when people come up and say, "Look, this is my idea. What do you think?" Because you know, one of my tenets is ideas are nothing; execution is everything. And you can have what somebody regards as a bad idea, but execute it perfectly, and it's a winner. And which is why no one yeah, should exactly. tell you. One one person says that'll never get off the ground, and well, everyone tells else, you that. You know, goes the Elon Musk route and says, "Well, that I'll take that as a, as a challenge." You know, watch me do it. And sometimes you need those two people, the, the, the guy with the crazy ideas and the guy who says, mm-hmm. I might just be able to make that work. Exactly. But at the same time, 
um, the, my concern would be someone who goes, well, we need a horsepower beer, I'm going to create a mainstream lager and then a whole lot of crazy beers because it, it's the complete package of what you're doing. Um, and, you know, sometimes you jag something, um, as I'm sure Kaiju did, um, you know, when they put out Kaiju Crush, it, you know, was probably a surprise to them at how successful it was and it's fueled their growth. Um, and it's being open to that change, as you say, Pete. Yeah, yep, that's it. And so never say never mm. is the yeah, lesson yeah. that I, I take from that. What's next? Uh, Cameron Brown on the Facebook group. What did he say, Clow? He says, I'm slowly catching up on old Bruce news and love the episode with Ross Gosling. I love that he loves beer. Oh, that should be Russ, Russ Gosling. Oh, I was going to say that doesn't sound right. Yeah. I was like, who's Ross, Go- Ross Gosling? Um, I love that he just loves beer for being beer without always having to conform to a style. The fact that a lot of people need to know all about what's in a beer before they can decide if they like it or not is crazy. Keep up the good work and great interviews. That's nice. That's can good. I just say, Russ is in my top five of uh, blokes in the beer beers that I love having a beer with because I always come away learning something. And sometimes it's that reset. It's Sometimes it's that you know, uh, don't take yourself too seriously or don't take beer too seriously. Sometimes you just mm-hmm. you just sit with a bloke and you have a beer and you just go, this was fun. This is, this is what it's all about, <laughs> what it's, how it's meant to be. It was the longest yeah. conversation I had with him when I did that podcast and I just sat there, you know, between his, his voice and his accent and, you know, the um, restrained passion, like it... it, it you know when I'm excited about something because I just go off, um, which is you know most of the time. Um, he he just, was just speaking... rewind to the uh, first story of this uh, episode. <laughs> he was just speaking with such deep seated passion, but in this almost hypnotic way um, that I was mesmerised. And it was yeah, it was just it was I really enjoyed that episode. I, you know, again speaking as the guy who did it. I, I just love that conversation. Um, so, yeah, so thank you, Cameron, for uh, sharing that because I 100% agree. And I think it's an interesting point to make on the style thing as well and just attributes of a beer. You know, we mentioned that hazy beers, that used to be a fault. And I've been doing a piece on barrel aging and the attempts, that the efforts that people went to 100 years ago to get rid of the oaky flavours of the um, barrels it's crazy. And now that's something that they want in a bit. I think that that changes so often that if you tie your likes, your personality, your identity to a style of beer and you say that's the only thing you like, that's the only thing you drink, then you're limiting not only yourself, um, but you're also saying that those things are unchanging and that's just not true. Yeah, exactly. It's it's beer. Just Just drink it. I've said this a, a thousand times over the years at, at events and things like that. It's a it's a low risk endeavor as well because you might pay you know seven bucks, nine bucks, whatever it is for a schooner, a pint, you know, whatever it might be of something, and you don't like it. You go, well, okay, lesson learned. Maybe no, that's not the style yeah. for me or whatever. Exactly. Um, the same experience with wine could be you know that $9 gets you, you know, 100 mils um, or the, the 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 equivalent, you know, buying a bottle to share with your mates, you know, might be 40 or 50. That's a, you know, and, and decide yeah. you don't like it. Exactly. Yeah. Lower stakes, lower stakes That's on it. the beer from there. <laughs> and I'm going to read this one because I've been doing a bit of uh, research into alcohol-free beer 
uh, this oh, week. Yeah. <laughs> Email from uh, Matt Bennett's awesome podcast, Matt, Pete, and Claire. Always look forward to new apps and love the conversations with all the great people in the industry. A topic that's growing some steam recently is alcohol-free beer. After health complications, God forbid, I've been told that beer is off the menu. Oh, we feel for you, Matt. Uh, to say I was shattered is an understatement, as good beer is a massive part of my life professionally and socially. Much to my delight, the range of and quality of non-alcoholic beer has boomed. Uh, and it's great to see the indies getting involved. Modus, Mornington, Holgate, Heaps Normal have all produced fantastic quality beers. And although choice is still fairly limited, I'm enjoying sourcing new beers to try. But this is the most important bit. What do you guys think is the future of this category? And wouldn't it be awesome to see if more local, India or otherwise, craft breweries had this option in their tap rooms? Keep up the good work with the podcast and thanks for supporting our amazing industry. And he finishes with, quote, boom. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. You're a prisoner to oh, that, Claire. I am. It's too late for me now. That's it. Anyway. G-O-R-N. But never mind. That's a, <laughs> that can be a thing. Um, That's it. I, I don't, you know me, Matt and Claire, I don't effuse. Um, but I, I, I just have to share. I've had uh, what I would have to say is in my top three beers of all time. Mm-hmm. I had the Hop Nation Rattenhund. Which is there? Oh, it's just it's it's just a German pilsner. But if you read the can, it's um, Bohemian floor malted uh, pilsner malt. They've used the bluestone yeast and uh, pearl and spelt hops, I think. Uh, but the thing that that got me was we give it an eight week lagering process, and oh. I cannot tell you you can taste every minute of that eight weeks so i flicked a i flicked a uh, a message to to duncan and the guys to, to pass on to to tim the brewer and the guys out there uh just saying you know, i i don't often um i'm not like this uh and i've never done you know beer reviews or beer recommendations that sort of thing um i say it now because it's pretty much out of stock they, they, they have none left um <laughs> Uh, Pete, if you but, see one, could you buy one for me so I can try it when I'm uh, down in Melbourne? Yeah, I've got I've got one in the fridge which I think I may never open, so that <laughs> so that that will always exist. Uh, it was oh, it was very fantastic. much a limited release, and as you can imagine, can you imagine you know brewers going, oh yeah, we'll just uh, tie that tank up for eight weeks, and like that's just it's just unheard of. But uh, yeah, um, and Tim the brewer apparently did a lot of research into the beer salt. Chemistry, so the you know the, the getting the, the water just the right sort of softness, uh, and they fermented it at eight degrees. So it's just had a very long, slow preparation. But Pete, they're the beers, you know, that, that if if a business can defy the laws of physics, um, you know, like not worry about cost and return and those sorts of things, they're the beers that I really hope find a market and are able to survive because. You know, it, it, it's at the moment when, as Claire said, she's doing a thing on barrel aging. A lot of people are getting into barrel aging and tying up beers and things like that. Um, and there's a bit of a, you know, movement where we're going to see a lot of barrel aging. We're seeing, you know, everyone's doing hazy. We're not seeing a lot of people doing eight week, you know, aged pilsners. And, you know, hopefully there is a market for that that makes it so it can be permanently available. Cause, yeah. uh, you know, putting, putting the lagering back in lager. Yeah. Uh, now, and this was not in any way uh, meant to, uh, you know, bump ticket sales or anything like that, because there are not too many tickets left for um, for my event at uh, at Bad Shepherd uh, <laughs> on Monday the seventeenth of Good Beer Week. But uh, Duncan gave me a call yesterday afternoon and has managed to source a keg. I won't 
say from which state he is recalling it um, to give to me uh, because I don't want people in that state pissed off that they perhaps didn't get it. So the Ratney House uh, is going to be at your Pilsner event? It is going to be at oh, our. Oh, that's yeah, What a awesome. two. Okay. Oh, very impressive. The last the last keg of the, um, which technically has now had, you know, uh, an extra six or eight weeks uh, lagering in its 50-litre <laughs> container. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, t- yeah, get your tickets. Um, no, and look, I'll be showcasing. I've, I've chosen uh, the beers um, to th- sort of tell the story. Uh, and I did say to Derek, I, I flicked him a message. I said, "Mate, look, it, the risk of, of this is going to make uh, it's going to outshine ours. I, I think it's important because it, it, this is the beer that I didn't want to brew because it is an absolutely perfect uh, template for a German style pilsner. And to my point." It already exists. That you know, Hop Nation have done it and, and done it beautifully. So for our Pilsner, we wanted to to bring the new world and the old world together. So we've used we've thrown in some uh, some topaz to give it that Australian uh, and slash new world. Um, it, so it'll be a, a beautiful beer to have, and then then to launch the Professor's Pilsner, which uh, I have to go because um, uh, you've got to go and can the, the brewers. We've got to go Ooh. and package. Yeah. Thank you very much to Cryer Malt, to Rellings Label Stickers and Packaging. Don't forget, uh, Rellings Label Stickers and Packaging, um, catch up with the guys. Get uh, Tickets for the, um, now that you know who the hosts are, I'm sure ticket sales are going to just go through the roof. Uh, it's at the new Victoria Pavilion, which is part of the um, RASV, the showgrounds precinct there. So a beautiful new space for um, for events and uh, dinners and presentations and that sort of thing. So I don't know. I, I think we might be christening it. I don't know if it's um, if it's fired its first shot yet in, as far as uh, awards presentations go. Um, nice. But get your tickets. Uh, they're not sponsors, are they, Matt? But we do look after them in terms of the ARBA. Mentioning. Actually, they are. Um, I, we're sponsoring a trophy and so... Oh, we, sweet. Yeah, so in return for being allowed to put our name on a trophy, um, we... we uh, You'll be there? We do promote them. Well, I'll, I'll be there anyway. Um, I'd be yeah. there with bells on. So. Yeah, I think. And look, I know a lot of the interstate brewers and and industry folk have probably been holding back a little bit to sort of see, you know, make sure nobody sneezes and oh, make sure they're yeah. with, with the news coming yeah. out of sort Sydney of today. Two weeks yeah. out now, I think yeah. we're we're hopefully fingers crossed, um, pretty safe. And look, worst case scenario, if you get stuck and you have to do, you know, two weeks quarantine down here, um, <laughs> I'll see if I can get another another keg of that Rattenhund. <laughs> Uh, so thank you to Crime Malt, to Rellings Label, Stickers and Packaging and to Scar Fabricating for looking after all this. Thanks very much, Matt. And don't forget the New Zealand Ale Trial. Oh, New Zealand Ale hey. Trial. <laughs> How can you forget well, well, them? Well, they, they're the answer so, to your yeah. prayers. That's it. Well, I did notice. I'm going through my notes and I go, now, what else have I got to do? Uh, another news this week. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Call that for a mail sponsor. Oh, I can cross that off the list now. Actually, Pete, we, uh, <laughs> you and I are going to do a, um, a couple of legs of the New Zealand Ale Trial uh, before this year is out. Uh, borders permitting. Bubble. Yeah, bubble permitting. Thanks very much, Matt. And thanks very much, Claire. Thank you, Pete. Cheers, Pete. Enjoy the uh, sunshine of the Sunshine Coast, Matt. Is it uh, nice up there or is it, you know, one of the three uh, days of winter? I've seen it, Claire. It's been mm. half rain, half beautiful sunshine. So there's been no in-between. And so I've really got to uh, sort of learn whether I'm a glass half full or glass half empty type person. Well, the realist just says <laughs> the glass can always be refilled. It doesn't matter whether it's half full or half empty. You can always top it up. Drink fresh, drink local, look after yourselves and each other. And would it kill you to wash your damn hands? I'm going off to buy a heap of shit on Amazon now. Um, thanks very much. Uh, <laughs> I'm Pete Mitchell. It's been a pleasure hosting this edition 
of Brews News Week. And we'll see you all next week for the next episode. And we're out. Boom. Don't forget, if you like what we do here at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You'll find details in the show notes. You can also review us on iTunes or whatever your favourite podcasting service happens to be. Let us know what you think and help others find and discover our shows. Finally, you can tell us what you think about what's going on in the beer industry by emailing us at producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive in return, as by way of thanks, a Brews News bottle opener. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because, as you may have heard, beer is a conversation. Beer.